0: Comfort one another wherewith the comfort you've been comforted. So how do you comfort a troubled heart? Let's talk about that today on this edition of Truth For Today. Well, let's face it. We all find ourselves at times with a troubled heart, needing comfort. And we run across those who have a troubled heart and are in need of comfort. So, how do you comfort a troubled heart? I'm glad you asked. We have some amazing answers for you out of 1 Samuel chapter 16. Our series, The Life of David, continues, and today we're looking at a troubled heart in the life of Saul and how it was comforting. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil Howard.
1: What do you want to hear when things are out of control and people are dying that you didn't want to die and things are happening to you that you have no control over? Your father's dying of cancer. Your baby girl has leukemia. Your wife has MS. Where do you go? A lot of people go to a good old redneck bar. And drink whiskey and hear cheating songs. Or you can hear a rhythm and blues station. Especially if you're going through a divorce and play The Thrill is Gone. I was tired of it anyway. Where do you go? We see in 1 Samuel 16 a desperate man. A man in decline. A man that uh, the Spirit of God is withdrawing from him because he has chosen not to do things God's way. And God, in the Old Testament, the Spirit could come and go on people. Thank God he doesn't do that today. He said he'd stay with us forever. But in the case of the Old Testament, if God wanted to, he could take the Spirit away. David prayed, take not your spirit from me, in Psalms 51, because he saw what happened to Saul when the Spirit of God was withdrawn from him. He became a miserable, miserable man, a man in need of a song, a man in need of a message of hope. And listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 16, 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendants said, see, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you and you will feel better. Saul says, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. A man in decline, a man that after David has been anointed in chapter 16, he is already God has already told Samuel, quit mourning for him. I'm done with Saul. Saul has taken over. He does campaigns any way he wants. He treated the Amalekites the way he wanted, not the way I wanted. He has no patience to wait on a word from me in chapter 13. He has rejected my spirit's empowerment, for the spirit only hangs around those who want to do God's will. You don't need the Holy Spirit to do your will. You need the Spirit of God to do God's will. And if you decide you don't want to do God's will, God in sovereign judgment has lifted His Spirit. He did it when the flood came on the world. My spirit shall not always strive with man. I'll call away the Spirit, I'll send the rain, and I'll destroy the entire world except for eight human beings. You see, if you don't want God, you eventually get what you want. For hell is the absence of God. You'll not be bothered. He said in Second Thessalonians, when Christ comes again, men will be banished away from the presence of the Lord that is coming. We see this king story. I want to weep the rest of the book of 1 Samuel in his decline until he finally falls on Mount Gilboa it is a pathetic picture of a man that made wrong choices and pay dearly. Let me say this to you. Hear me well. You're free to choose, but you're not free to choose consequences. You're free to step off a three-story building because you are on a hallucinizing drug, and you want to try LSD, and you think you can fly. You can make the choice to step out, but you can't choose the consequence. It will dash you to your death. And I see young people and people say, I choose to do this. I'll do as I please. Yes, you will. And yes, you can. But you will not control the consequences. You will die. You will pay for the choice. And so you can despise the spirit of God all you want. But you must live with the consequences. God says, I'm unwelcomed in your life. And he's withdrawing. And now his servants see a miserable man. A man in depression. A man in desperation a man in decline, a man that the Spirit's not working with him. It reminds me of this race we're dealing with. Most human beings have never come in contact with the Spirit of God. They have never had God invade their innermost being with His presence, with the sweetness of knowing Him. They've never tasted of what it is to have the Spirit of Jesus in your heart. Because God is giving them up to their choices. He's giving them up. He should have gave up on Cheryl. But there's something unpredictable about God. And that is his mercy is stronger than our sin. And he's got a stubborn, keset love, the Hebrew said. I call it bulldog love. Love that won't let go. It's his stubborn love that will not let go. But he gives up on Saul. And Saul needs someone to sing for him. B.B. King wasn't around and would not have been hired. Uh, You know, Clint Black couldn't have sang anything to help the king. There's nothing out there. They made inquiry. We've got to remember that from the day of David's anointing, the Spirit of God came upon him. And by the time we read this narrative, the reputation's gotten out about this shepherd boy. This may have been several years. We don't know the exact chronological sequence. But the reputation has got out. There's a boy around in the neighborhood, king, that can help you out. And notice his qualifications. Uh, verse 18, one of the servants said, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the heart. Now, Jesse didn't even mention that to Samuel because he doesn't like David anyway. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well. He has very fluent, prudent speech. And he's fine looking. And the Lord is with him. Saul sent the messengers to Jesse. Send me your son David who is with the sheep. Notice after David was anointed, his dad is so unimpressed, never did get it. He sends him right back to the same few sheep. I don't think his dad is like his dad never was there on anointing day. He never was impressed. His mind was preoccupied with 13 sheep that needed a little ruddy-complected boy and a redhead boy to take care of sheep. He never did have any great favor with his dad or his brothers. They were not impressed. But the neighbors heard about him, and they go for him, and Jesse sends him to the king. Saul never knew when this boy came into the court. He was looking on Israel's next king. By the way, you never know who you're looking on especially if they're young. It could be the next Billy Graham or the next Al Capone. Who knows? Let's hope it's Billy. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God came upon Saul, this is a demonic spirit, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. His moods were not caused by uh, uh, drugs. His moods were not... These were satanically inspired moods. A demon, and when it says it came from the Lord, I understand that the demons were being sent by God... God can use evil. He even let Satan rise up against Israel and got David to number the children of Israel. God could even allow a demon to oppose you if he wants. Whether you know it or not, the entire race is under the control and power of Satan. According to John 5.18, the entire world is in the lap of Satan and he controls men and women. According to John eight forty four, he says you are of your father, the devil, and his desires you will do. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning, and he'll energize you to do his will. Ephesians 2 says you at one time were of this evil age whereby you walked according to the prince of the power of the air. He energized you to drink all night and go to work the next morning. He energized you to do drugs. He energized you to sin. There is a power under demonic influence to excel at sin. The race is under the power of Satan right now. It's his world under God's permission. And this king God says, I'll give you the opposite of myself, an evil spirit. And the spirit would come and terrorize Saul. Fear and anxiety. He probably thought he's having a nervous breakdown. Phobias. Play. Soothe me. I need relief. I don't have volume. I don't have psychiatrists. Give me a musician. And David comes into that court. And he begins to play, and a remarkable thing would happen. As he played, the king's spirit internally soothed, and the evil spirit would go. You know, the Bible says that when the Satan comes against us, if we'll take up the word of God as a sword, the devil has to flee. We've got a book in the Bible called Psalms. There's 150 songs. It was the psalm of the church, the psalm book of Israel. God's people have been singing out of the psalms over 3,000 years. It's where we've gone. And I just like to think of what song you can sing to a desperate heart. And I've picked just five great songs for five desperate situations in life. Let's look at them. A song for the desperate. Let's turn to Psalms 34. Psalms 34. The world has no message for the desperate. Miserable people can't comfort miserable people. You have to get a message from God. We've got such a message. We've got such a song. These songs were sung to melodies. We just go in. If we read them, sing them, as long as we sing this message, it injects into the people of God God. Great comfort. Listen to what he says. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. Turn with me. Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. His ear is open into their cry. you know what it is? It literally means God's ear is down. A desperate man usually can't get too loud unless he's screaming in pain. Sometimes desperation takes away your ability to cry out. You're reduced to a whisper. And God says, go ahead. I'll put my ear down and say, I'm listening. I'm listening. What are you saying? And you're saying, this poor man cried to the Lord. This poor man said, I'm desperate. I'm surrounded. I'm drowning. The enemy are about me. I'm in desperate straits. And the Lord heard him. And I love the idea of this hearing. The only thing I can liken it to is the trained ear of a wonderful mother. Mothers hear things from kids that dads don't want to hear. They hear noises in the night. Sometimes they're made up, but most of the time they're there. And they can hear that child, I'm telling you. They can hear the baby's crying. Did you hear the baby? And... I just put the covers over? No. Because <laughs> that means you've got to go attend. There's something about hearing your own baby. Even the animal world's got that kind of an ear. They know when there's a cry for help or just a regular, you know, expression. And here he says to this desperate man, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. His ear was right into my prayer request. A dear Jewish brother of ours, Stuart Dowerman, wrote a great song off of this psalm called Let Us Exalt His Name Together. And I talked to Stuart. I said, Stuart, what gave you the inspiration for the psalm? And it's basically this whole psalm to music. He said, well, I was working at the Jews for Jesus uh, office in Brooklyn, and we were under lots of pressure. Uh, We were not being welcomed for sure by the Jewish community there, bringing Christ as Messiah. And so they were feeling lots of heat and opposition He said, one day we came back to the office and it had been vandalized and graffiti was all over the wall and the windows were broken out and our morale was cast down and we were shot. And he said, I I got alone with the Lord and he gave me the music to Psalms 34. I will exalt his name. I will cry out to the Lord. And he heard my cry. He delivers the righteous. A song for a desperate, desperate situation. Let's look at a song for the depressed. Have you ever had depression? Some of you have it the first of the month because the bills are due. And uh, I know a little bit about it. Listen to Psalms 42, a song for the depressed. I'm just wondering if David, you know, just think if he could have pulled out his psalm book and sang these to a king and sing them to the saints. They sang this in the sanctuary. This is the music Solomon sang. This is the music David's saying. By the way, if you want to grow in God, learn to pick the right kind of music to put in your ears. Let me tell you, young people, you can destroy your life and waste your time pumping into your ears untruthful messages. One of the greatest things, one of my hardest battles as a young believer was to break from rock and roll, rhythm and blues and all that stuff that I loved. I went to dances as a boy to watch the band because I wanted to be in the band. And I love blues sounds, and I, 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 I still love them. My dad loved them. I, I love rockabilly, Carl Perkins stuff, the great music. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, stuff that moves your heart. You know, something gets you through the storm. Don't be cruel, that kind of, you know. I don't even want to hear what I hear today. But I see young people, I know my kids. Uh, One time, I remember when uh, Let the Good Times Roll first came out. I just thought that was a winner. (laughs) And I brought that record home. And I always try to get my dad to like it because he liked music. And if he just kind of liked the music, that meant I could play it at the house. And I said, listen to this one. Come on, baby, let me thrill your soul. Come on, baby, just close the door. Come on, baby, let the good times roll. Dad, you get it. He said, can I see that record? (laughs) You're already there, aren't you? I said, sure you can see it, Dad. Here. (laughs) Boy, the next one goes over your head. (laughs) Don't be bragging. Let the good times roll in this house. (laughs) Well, Dad, you like those others? Well, they weren't closing the door. It's hard to get off of that kind of music. But when I made a dedication to get rid of all that kind and hearing another and start learning a new song, I've never pulled out one little Richard song at a funeral. I did a funeral sometime back that for the recessional at the end, they played, all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> She'd been married five times. It just kind of destroyed the mood of the funeral, but I thought, well, it's her her will. I didn't like them line dancing, but they went ahead. But look at this one: Psalms forty-two, verse five. Now David was here. Most of us are too honest ever, too dishonest to write this stuff, but he did. He never knew God was going to put it in print forever. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. And when you're down and out, you don't think you'll ever praise him again, do you? He's talking to himself, is he not? Look at that. Why are you so down and out? Now this isn't his psychiatrist talking to him. This is him talking to himself. Because you talk to yourself, your heart you can talk to. Psychologically, you're built with an ego and you, but you can look at your heart and you say, why am I imagining that? Why am I feeling that? Lloyd-Jones wrote a book on spiritual depression. The best line in it is there's two kinds of people, those who listen to their heart and those who talk to it. And the godly always talk to their heart. Don't pay any attention to your heart. Grab it by the throat and talk to it. And that's what the psalmist is doing. Why are you discouraged? Why are you down and out? Learn to talk to yourself. Huh? It, why? Well, you sound like there's two people in there. There's a lying heart, a lying heart. Jeremiah said it's deceitful and desperately wicked. And it's saying, You'll never praise God again. You're not going to get through this time. It's over. It's over for you. And he said, I kind of looked on my heart. And I said, why? Well, I'm going to put my hope in God. Because I'm going to yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. Listen to that. From the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. He's up there in the north of Palestine. He's far from the sanctuary. And the waterspouts are all coming out, forming the Jordan. And he said, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. My bones suffered mortal agony, verse 10. People are saying to me, where is your God? And I'll say, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Are you discouraged? Are you depressed? Start talking to yourself and putting your trust in your God. I've been depressed. (laughs) I remember in 1970, I came to the end of myself. I think I really had an undeclared nervous breakdown. In those days, you didn't have enough money to have a psychiatrist call it that. You just had them. They weren't glorious. You just had them. I was spent. I was shocked. I was sick all the time. I spent four years in this school. I, I had no money. I, had, I, I never got over one cold. It seemed like it always going into another. And then all kinds of things were changing in my life. And I mean, I, I was down and out. I could not function. But I put my hope in God, and I will yet praise Him.
0: And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship.